Imagine if you had amazing copy hacks for your messaging that speaks to your ideal client. Wouldn't that be something? Oh wait, that's exactly what you're getting today from my lovely guest, Brittany McBean. Brittany is a return guest, and if you haven't listened to episode 47, How to Find Your Brand Voice, make sure you do. Not only does Brittany share why effective messaging matters in business and how to figure out what content to write, she delivers her 10 copy hacks so we can connect with our audience and get them to take action. Grab your drink of choice, pen and paper. This is a juicy one. Hey there, mom boss. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast, where we dive into personal branding, how to build our businesses on social media, learn some really cool marketing hacks, all while balancing family life. And don't forget, we do it the fun and easy way. I'm Allison Scholes, once a corporate marketing coordinator, a teacher, and now photographer and podcaster. And yes, I'm that boss lady in sweatpants. Go ahead and hand out the kids' tablets, open those juice boxes, put on your comfy sweatpants, and hide in your closet. Let's get this party started. Hi, Brittany. Welcome back to the show. Hey, lady. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. And I'm really glad to have you back on the show today. And for those who are listening, you need to go back to episode number 47, because Brittany was on the show before and she talked about brand voice. So you definitely need to listen to that one. But before we dive into all of Brittany's amazing copy hacks, Brittany, please tell us more about you and your business. Yeah. So I am a conversion copywriter and online marketing strategist for course creators, online educators, and coaches. So really what that means is that I help women who have online education and online businesses figure out the messaging that they need that sounds like them and speaks to their audience to sell their stuff. So Brittany, why does effective messaging even matter in an online business? It's kind of everything. Like I know, you know, if you ask a surgeon if he needs surgery, she's going to say yes. So the copywriter is going to say messaging is everything. But if you, what I see over and over when my clients come to me is that they have this message that they need to get out into the world, whether it's their, you know, their expertise, how they help people, but they have something that they want to say and other people are not hearing what they're saying. So if, if no matter how passionate you are, no matter how talented and experienced you are, if other people cannot understand what you are communicating, then none of it matters. So effect, effective messaging just means that the message that you are trying to communicate is being heard by the people who need to hear it the most. And if you're passing like ships in the night with your words, then you're never going to connect with your ideal clients, which means that you can't help people in the way that you want to serve them. And your business isn't going to grow the way that you want it to grow. And I know we're going to dive into the how in a bit, and I'm really excited about that because a lot of people hear the why, but they really don't get the how. But I want to talk a little bit about what exactly is copywriting, because I think that's a term that will scare a lot of entrepreneurs and they shy away from that. So can you just break down copywriting in like a simple form for all of us to yeah. really understand it? Yeah. And you know, this is another thing, like you ask 10 copywriters, you might get 10 different answers. 
So I do like to distinguish between content and copy. So content is the goal of content, which would be like a blog post or social media. The goal is to build know, like, and trust. And that's really heavy in your brand voice. Um, the goal of copy is to convert, is to get a yes. And so we do employ a little bit more persuasion psychology, some more formulas, a little more word science um, and brand voice, but it's heavier on that sales copy. Um, there is a man named uh, Rye Schwartz. He's a conversion copywriter and I really love his definition of conversion copywriting. He says that conversion, the goal of conversion copywriting is to get the yes. That is the, the goal, is to get the yes, to get them to take action and say yes to your offer. So that is kind of how I define um, copywriting and how I distinguish it from content. And when I am writing for myself or my clients, um, I'm going through the process of, you know, doing all the research and all the deep dive, but keeping in mind that the goal is to help them make a decision and to get them to say yes. I love that. And I think, I, I think our listeners are really going to love that too. Now here's my next question. Who should we write to when we write our content? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's actually um, one of the, the kind of copy hacks I have for you. We're going to take a deep dive into this, but I want you, we're going to, we're going to talk about what I call the rule. Well, not what I call, what is called the rule of one. Somebody much smarter than me made that up. But when you are writing, no matter what you're writing, I want you to be writing to one reader. You get to decide who this reader is. You know, if you're writing a sales page for a product, then that's going to be a very specific reader. You're ideal client for that product. When you're writing your content on social media, maybe you're writing to your ideal client and that one reader for your business and she has a name and she's like your BFF. But when you start, the minute you start writing to more than one, your message gets muddy and unclear. So when you are writing, no matter what you're writing, content, copy, sales pages, social media, website, be thinking about that one specific person that you want to communicate that message to. And it can be a different person, you know, for maybe each like service that you're writing on your, um, on your website, but it needs to be one person that you're writing to. That makes sense. For your rule of one, let's just take Instagram captions, for example, when someone is going to write a caption, they should have that one person front of mind and almost talk to them like they're in their living room? Oh yeah. Like, like you are sitting on a couch in your jammies, having a warm cup of cocoa or whatever makes you comfy. Um, sometimes I tell my clients to, you know, when they're typing up their content, because, um, this is a, an extra tip. We're not going to cover this in the copy hacks, but I never write in real time and I never write in the platform. I think I talked about that last time, but how I write, um, everything in a Google doc just because it keeps my mind like blank and everything is open and neutral. Um, and then I write, always I write at least one sleep before I publish. You know, if I'm doing client work, I'm writing weeks before we end up launching it. But you know, even Instagram, I don't write it on the day of. So when you're writing, whether it's in, you know, an Instagram scheduler or on a Google doc, I will type out the name like Allison, blah, 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 and talking to them. And then you just go back and delete the name and make sure that, that it reads well. But yes, it, it should be that specific that you should be um, talking like you're in the room with someone sitting on the couch with them. 
I like that little copy hack about putting their name in there and then just going back at the end and taking the name out and making sure that the copy flows. I really like that tip. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do to like eliminate that weird used cars salesman, like robo voice that we all go into when we start trying to sell. Yes, exactly. And when you get into that, I like your car salesman analogy, but you almost come across as generic when we are not thinking of that ideal person. Now, how do we know how to speak to our ideal client? So definitely go back and listen to the brand voice episode. And this is something that we're going to talk about in the copy hacks. I also have um, a really good resource for this that I can share at the end, but you need to be creeping on your ideal audience, like the creepiest creep that ever (laughs) stalk them get in their head and use their words. So that is how you talk to them. You listen and then you use their words to speak to the problems they're already telling you that they're having. So you need to be a good stalker, not the kind that's going to get you arrested, but a good stalker (laughs) and a good listener and then a good copy and paster. (laughs) Well, and I think too, going back to Instagram, um, we're always told to respond to comments but go above and beyond that and pay attention to the language in the comments from your followers because you can take that and create great content around the comments or the pain points and struggles that they're giving you right in your captions there. Would you agree? Yeah, Yeah. So how do we use our messaging to get people to take action because that's what we want in the end. Wow. That is a really, that's a loaded question and there's a lot of answers to it. I think that the 10 copy hacks I have for you are really going to help. If I had to pick the most important, I would say, um, being clear, being clear in what you're saying, making sure that it is easily understood, that it is easily digested, that it's not muddy, it's not confusing, that a fifth grader could sum up in one sentence what you're saying. Because if you are not clear, it doesn't matter how clever you are, how smart or how funny, or even how valuable your product is, if somebody else cannot understand it in their language, then you're going to miss the opportunity to have them take advantage of what you're offering. And I like how you pointed out clear, because I think a lot of our listeners were a lot of moms and we do a lot of things and we're very multi-passionate, but I have learned that if you want to serve, help and sell your products or services, you need to be crystal clear on one problem that you solve for that person. Because if you're throwing a bunch of other things out, like you said, that's when we confuse them. And that's when they just stop trusting us and they leave. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Number four that I'm going to give you is the rule of one. So um, let's put a pin in this, but I, I want to remember to talk about um, like that one big idea and that one problem that, that we're solving. And just in case I forget to say it then, because I'm like running on caffeine, my daughter woke up at 4 45 AM, but I'm going to say it now. Cause I don't want to forget to say it, but you know, every single time I'm working with a new client or even like consulting and I say, tell me what you do. They say something along the lines of, 
I change their life. And when I say like, what is your client's problem? They'll say something like they're really unhappy. And then they'll give me a lot of examples about how like they get in fights at home or maybe they drink a little bit more to deal with the stress. And, but no matter what industry or niche my clients are working in, their answers when we start working always sound the same. And again, we're going to get to this in the rule of one, but you have to be so specific. And then we're going to talk about that too. So all, all of this is going to mesh together. And it's, I think it's going to be a lot more clear, but you know, just keep digging deeper. It's not just they're unhappy. You don't just make them happy. You don't just make their life better. You have to tell me specifically. I help work at home moms create a indoor garden in their urban apartment so that they can grow their own food, right? Don't tell me you make them happier. Don't tell me you make them a better homesteader. Like how specific can you be so that when I am Googling my problem, when I'm Googling how to grow tomatoes in a New York city apartment, you come up. So again, we're going to dive into that. But like when I say clarity, I'm talking specificity and, and so that someone can easily identify and raise their hand and say, yes, you saw this exact problem or no, thanks. I'm not looking for that solution. And maybe this is where you're going to dive deeper into your hack. So how do we figure out what content to write? I think that's the ultimate question. (laughs) Yeah, that, that is. And the ultimate answer is the content that they are asking for. You know, we always hear and everybody always says, add value, show up, add value, give value for free, share valuable information. And I like to put a little asterisk next to that word value because that is true, but the value is determined by your audience and by your reader, not by you. It is shocking how much you know, how much you can share and how much you can teach and what actually matters to your readers. For example, I taught a workshop, um, the last two weeks I taught two workshops. One was on um, creating your signature lead magnet and then one was on creating a signature quiz for your brand to grow your list. And I asked everybody for what their, like their big aha moments were. And And I was shocked at what came back and because it was the little things that I breezed over that I thought, you know, either they knew or wasn't that important. And these were the things that were really giving them the big aha moments that helped them completely change how they approach something. So um, the content that you should be writing is what your readers are telling you is the most valuable to them. So the questions they are asking, the um, information they're seeking, the stuff that they're hungry for, not what you think they want to know and not what you want to share. You've got to find that, that, that little Venn diagram of your expertise and what you want to share and what they want to know. And that middle of that Venn diagram is the content that you should be writing. Now, before we end our show today, I believe you have, you keep teasing the 10 copy hacks that you're going to share with us. So please tell us more. Oh, I've got them. And yes, I wasn't trying to be, um, coy. I just didn't want (laughs) to muddy the waters. So I came up with, or not came up with, but I just picked out 10 copy hacks that I think you can easily um, pick any one of these and focus on them as you're writing your content to improve your content. When I first started learning copywriting, it felt really like high level and like 
like this big secret that I had to unlock. And yes, I have spent a lot of time and money investing in education, learning how to write copy, but there are also some very simple tricks that that you can employ. So I'm going to let you in on the inside. You get to be in on the secret and learn how to write your own copy. So these are in no particular order. Um, so number one, we've kind of already talked about, but I want you to remember that you need to sacrifice your words for theirs. No matter what industry you're in, no matter what your niche is, it does not matter what you call it. It matters what they call it. So throw out the jargon, throw out your industry terms that you just love so much, throw out the cleverness and the fancy schmancy pants. You don't have to be professional. We talked about that last time, but you need to use their words. So this again comes back to being a really good listener. When you're on a sales call, when someone is sending you an inquiry in your inbox, when someone is commenting on social media, what specific words are they using? I, um, I like to say that a lot of people come to me saying that they need help with social media, which I don't specifically help with. Like I help my strategy clients do an entire online marketing strategy, which includes social media, but where they feel their pain point the most is when they write their social media content, because that is the most writing that they do. What they're actually saying to me is, I don't know how to message my brand. I'm struggling with my messaging, but they'll say like, I don't know what to post on Instagram. So I have to begin that conversation, not end the conversation, but I do have to begin the conversation with they are meeting them with the conversation they're already having in their head and saying, Hey, let's, let's do some, um, a couple exercises to clear up so that you can feel really confident writing on Instagram, but really what we're doing is coming up with their brand messaging. So um, I kind of threw in another thing there that one of my favorite copywriters, Joanne Weeb, always says, she says, enter the conversation they're already having in their head. So meet them where they are and sacrifice your words for theirs. So that's number one. So if you can just do that, if you can just say, I'm throwing out my favorite words and I'm using the words that they use, then you are going to connect so much more and convert so much more if that's something you're not already practicing. I love that. So keep going with your hacks because I'm already in love okay. with number one. <laughs> so number two, we did talk about this last time, but it's so important that it bears repeating, write the way you talk, not the way you write because people read like you are talking to them. So forget about professionalism. Professional just means being great to work with, showing up on time, executing on a schedule. You know, it means being reliable. It means being enjoyable. It means being organized, all of these things. It doesn't mean talking like a robot. It doesn't mean using corporate speak. If that is not your audience, now if you are maybe doing like executive coaching, then of course the language is going to be a little bit different, but I still want you to write the way you talk. You can end your sentences and prepositions. You can use half sentences. You can trail off. You can use a sentence fragment. Um, you can put the word like in there. You can write the way you talk because when someone reads like you are talking to them, they will feel like they're sitting in a room having a conversation with you, which will automatically create a deeper connection and that trust that we need to have someone take the leap to work with us. I love that. And I apply that to my emails and I've noticed a huge difference now 
because they, I'm actually getting like replies on my emails and my emails, I mean, when we go to like the professional term, it's if my high school teacher were to read those emails, they would be disgusted. But like you said, I'm being personal. I'm being me. I'm being real. And the messaging is way more effective compared to me just trying to be industry professional. So thank you for pointing that out and keep going with your hacks. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, disappoint your English teacher, disappoint yeah. <laughs> her. That is a-okay because people aren't going to respond to a company. Like you don't reply to old Navy's sales, right? right. And they still write in a casual way, but you want people to respond to um, the conversation that you want to have with them. Okay. So number three is write for the scanners. I, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it's something like people will read like 20% of your copy. People will not read every word that you write and that is okay. So break up your writing. If you are writing an Instagram caption, a Facebook post, a blog post in, in four sentence paragraphs or one big block, they are going to scroll on past because their brain can't pick up on the little nuggets that are interesting that entice them to read the rest of it. So add spaces, like hit that enter. You can add a space every sentence. You can have a one sentence paragraph. You can have a two sentence paragraph, two to three sentences most. You can have a one word paragraph. You can add in um, ellipses. You can add in emojis, but break it up. And if you're not writing in um, Instagram where you can't really write with different fonts, I mean, you, there are tools to do that. I don't like them. I don't like how it looks, but let's say you're writing a Facebook post or in a group where you now can like do a header or bold something, or you're writing a blog post, use, um, bold letters for something that you really want to stand out or use an H1 or H2, like a header one or a header two, use italics, use bullet points, but just break up your content and your text and your copy so that a scanner can read it. Like you want someone to like scroll really quick and then know what your content was about and then go back and be like, Oh wait, no, I picked up on that one piece. I want to read that. Great tip. So what else do you have for us? All right, number four, this is the one that we have been teasing the most, the rule of one. So I'm gonna add on to the one reader. So with the rule of one, you wanna write in every piece of content you're writing, one big idea with one outcome, one offer to one reader. So again, that one reader can be different when you're writing different pieces of content, but everything that you sit down to write should be to one person. And the minute your one big idea, your one outcome, your one offer or one reader becomes one-ish, then your message becomes less effective. It loses its power. So the one big idea is what, what is the one thing that you are communicating? Don't tell me um, that you, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, nothing's coming to mind. If I think of something, I'll, I'll um, share it. But but you know, don't tell me that um, 
Nope. I've got nothing. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so tired. The <laughs> so unprofessional, but it, we're in the middle of quarantine and I've been up since like 4am. Um, yeah. So one big idea, one outcome, what is the one solution? What is the one offer? You can even think of this as like your call to action. Don't say like, follow me on Instagram and then click here to reply and then go comment on Facebook or, or, you know, you don't want in an email or an Instagram post or even a video to say, um, head over to my sales page and decide whether you want to buy the course or if you want to buy just the templates for the course or if you want to buy no one offer of course if you have three different offers at three different price points you can sell all three of them to the same audience in different pieces of content but one big idea like what is the one solution that you're going to solve what's the one offer you want them to say yes to and who is the one reader that you are writing to so the rule of one filter everything through that and make sure it's not one ish. Such great advice. Advice. I love that. Sorry, I couldn't come up with an example. Usually I'm better at like thinking of something on the spot. Um, but great, right? right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, go yeah. for it. Okay. So always answer the question, what's in it for me? Because no matter what you're writing, it's never all about you even your about page, even a bio. It's not about you. It's about what you can do for them. So I actually have an example for this because I saw this earlier in the week and I was like, I want to share this when Allison and I talk. So, you know, I have been um, starting to like do some yard work and starting to garden a little bit, which is so not me. Like if you know me, my yard is a mess. I don't work outside. Like it's not good. But my daughter and I are like, growing an herb garden and she really likes watching the flowers grow. We planted a couple things from seeds. And so, yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about that. And I was like, you know, I want to compost. I've tried it before and I just failed miserably. I kind of want to learn to compost again. And then somebody on my Instagram who lives local to me shared something about a company that takes your compost scraps. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting because then I don't have to do the hard work. So I went to their website and I'm getting somewhere. This is, I think this is going to be a really important lesson. So I went to their website and I saw that they have a subscription service where they, you, they drop off a bucket that you put your kitchen scraps in and then they pick it up once a week. And it was like, and I, so I was thinking, oh, that's awesome. Do I get compost back? Is this free? Like, how does this work? And all I could find was that it was $20 a month for them to drop off a bucket that they pick up with your kitchen scraps. And I was thinking, well, I want compost though. Like, yeah, you make it easier, but what do I get out of it? And I had to dig on their website. It was actually the third time I went back to their website. I found an FAQ where some, one of the um, questions was, do I get compost back? And they just said, yes, you know, as long as you're a subscriber, then we, we, you know, drop off compost for you monthly. And I thought that should be the first thing you tell me that should be the headline of your hero image on your website. What is in it for me? Because yes, I care about the earth. I care about the environment. Their website was all about how much carbon, you know, we'd be saving and how much we were saving the earth and how much trash goes in the landfill every single year and all of that. And I care about that, but not as much as I care about making my life easier. So no matter who your readers are, the most important thing to them is them. So always answer what's in it for me. And if I was rewriting this company's website, 
the first thing I would make sure people knew is that with this subscription, they get compost without having to go through the hassle of composting. So I thought that was the perfect example of, it doesn't matter how much benefit you provide if you cannot communicate what's in it for them first and foremost. That is such a great hack. And so pretty much we need to make sure that our promise to our audience is crystal clear right right up front yeah and and that they know how it benefits them that okay. it's not about um like, like that was i mean to me that's a perfect example like of course i care about the earth that's really important to me i've made so many decisions in my home we cloth diaper we have stainless steel straws blah 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 all this stuff but at the end of the day, I want my life to be easier. So yes, I want to compost because I see the value in that, but I'm not going to pay for a service unless you're making, like, I'm not paying for a service just for the love of the earth. Right. Um, and you can judge me for that, but that's, that's the truth. So I just want you to think of that example. If you can't communicate what's in it for them, then they're going to have a much harder time taking action. Exactly. And I think that's just human nature. We all think what's in it for me. So we need to keep that in front of mind when we are talking about our services. We need to not just talk about the benefits of our service, but what's in it for them. What do they get out of it? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And making it about them because no matter how philanthropic and how much we want to contribute to humanitarian efforts at the end of the day, we care about ourselves and we will spend money on solutions to our problems. Okay. So what is number six? Okay. So message hierarchy. So that sounds really fancy, but it's <laughs> not. So you just talked about the benefits and I'm sure that a lot of your listeners, if you've been around the sales block for a hot minute, or you've kind of listened to marketing, you've heard about the difference between features and benefits. So I'm not going to dive into that, but really quick, what that means is that like the feature may not matter and probably won't matter as much as the benefits. So yes, your, your course or your program might have six week group coaching. That's the feature, but the benefit is that they get live access to you for six weeks in a row to get their questions answered so that in real time you can be solving their problems and solving them very specifically for them. Right? So that's the benefit. So, Message hierarchy means that of all of the benefits or all of the solutions or all of the problems that you're solving, some matter more than others. So you have to be a really good listener and you have to figure out which problem is the most painful to your ideal client and which outcome is the most desired for your ideal client. And you need to lead with those. And it the thing is, it is probably different than what you think. The things that you are the most proud of about your service or your program or your product that you think is the most important may not hit the biggest pain point of your ideal client. So you need to figure out what matters to them the most and then lead with that. So just another quick example, this lead magnet workshop that I taught last week, I, you know, I charged Honestly, I thought this is a $200 workshop, but we're in the middle of COVID. Life is weird. Times is hard. I'll charge $97 for it. And then I'm going to throw in a crap ton of bonuses. So I threw in like $600 worth of value, charge $97 for it. And I just thought this will be, this will be really valuable. And the thing that people kept coming back with and saying, 
this is what I got the most out of it. Like I was really proud of the workshop. I think it was really good. I got a lot of great feedback. And the thing that was the most valuable to them was this bonus that I threw in of like 59 prompts to email your email list because the workshop was how to kick off your email marketing, but where they were really stuck was great. Once I have a list, what do I say to them? So that tells me that's a really important problem. So more than all of the other things that I was solving, if I do that workshop again, or even if I put that bonus on an online shop, I am going to lead with that because that is a big pain point. So figure out what matters the most and lead with their top three problems and the top three solutions that you provide. So the key is to always pay attention and always be listening to your audience. So I love that. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. So number seven, spend time on your headline. Whatever you're writing, you're writing a headline. So if it is an email to your list, it's your subject line. If it is an Instagram caption, it's your hook. It's the first line. If it's a freebie, it's the title. If it's a website page, it's the header. So a headline is really just the first thing that they see that kind of sums up or um, hooks them in, not sums up, but hooks them into what they're going to be reading. So David Ogilvie, Oglivy, I always say his name wrong. Um, no, it's Ogilvie. Uh, you guys, I need, I should have had more <laughs> coffee or rescheduled. He, he is like the godfather of marketing. He came up with basically almost everything we know about copywriting and advertising. He says, when you've written your headline, you've spent 80 cents of your dollar. So that means if you spend 20% of your time writing a blog post, then you should spend 80% of your time coming up with a headline. And I would bet that you might even do the opposite or spend even less time on your headline. The headline is always the last thing that I write. Maybe it's, you know, the title of a freebie or a blog post, or um, it's the header of a website that I'm writing for a client or the hook for my Instagram caption. But I write it last because I want to see what it is that I'm writing and then what's the most interesting thing that I can pull out of there and tease. So spend time on your headline and ask yourself, is it clear? Is it enticing? You know, does it have that curiosity factor? It doesn't have to be clickbait, but does it um, entice them? Does it make them curious? And then does it answer what's in it for me, right? So spend time on your headline, your hook, whatever that first thing is, um, and make sure that, it, that it's clear, that it's enticing, that it answers what's in it for me before you publish or post that content. Ooh, I like that one. And so far, that's one of my favorite hacks that you've shared. So are we on number eight now? We are. Oh, cool. We are. Yeah. And see, I, and see, that's really even just that, like that little conversation you saying, that's the most important. I wouldn't have known that out of these 10, that that one really struck home with you. So like now I need to make sure that I'm writing an Instagram post or a blog post. Like why do I need to put out a blog post on writing headlines, right? And that was actually one of the bonuses. So maybe that needs to be a product in an online shop, but that's clearly important. It's something that maybe you haven't heard before or haven't really um, understood. And by you, I mean like the, the audience in general, but yeah, I just wanted to in real time, like share that that's what listening looks like. And that's what making decisions based on your, um, the feedback that you're getting and the reactions that you're getting from things. So, so number eight, get spelled specific. If you cannot act out a scene of what you are writing, it is not specific enough. So I am not going grocery shopping. I am 
driving to Aldi with my two-year-old screaming in the back, missing my quarter that I need for the cart, and then trying to like feed her snacks while I get my grocery shopping, right? Like that's, that's a problem that a product like Instacart solves, right? So if Instacart, just for example, said like, oh, make grocery shopping easier, cool, but why is grocery shopping hard for me? Remind me that it's because I have a cranky toddler who wants every snack in the store, who's going to scream, and I have to find my quarter for the cart. Now, to be honest, my daughter loves Aldi. We love going. It's a super fun activity for us. She does great. She says hi and high fives everyone in the store, but that is a problem that you could solve. And until you've painted that picture, the, the pain doesn't feel real. So what is, what are the moments where the pain feels the most visceral and then paint that picture? And if an actor could not act out that scene in a play or a movie, then it's not specific enough. So tell me, um, you know, am I just sitting down after a long day of work or am I, putting on my, my worn out leggings, getting under my Ugg blanket, completely exhausted and trying to answer all of the emails that came into my inbox that day from all of my clients that I know I need to respond to, but I don't have the energy to, right? Like if you're a VA, that's a problem that you solve, but just saying like, oh, you're exhausted after a long day of work and still have emails to reply to, that's not going to hit that pain point as me being like, oh yeah, I wanted to watch the office with my husband or I wanted to read a book, but instead I have to answer these emails. So those are just a couple examples of how you can be more specific and just put it through that test. Like if you can't paint the scene, act out that scene, it's not specific enough. That one was a really juicy one. I love that one. Okay. So we have nine and 10 left. I'm getting excited here. (laughs) So number nine, we've said this a couple of times, but just keep it simple. Clear is always better than clever. I probably should have made this number one. And it was when you asked, ask me what's the most important. Like if you're like, I'm not a good writer, I can't pick up any of these other tips. These feel hard to me. Keep it simple. I think we said, we did talk about this last time, but for the most part, again, every audience is different. And if you're writing to an audience of rocket scientists, this, this may not apply, but most audiences digest information on about a third to a sixth grade level. That doesn't mean that your people are stupid. It doesn't mean that you have to talk down to them. It doesn't mean that we're not intelligent. It means that we're busy, we're overwhelmed, and our brains since the beginning of time for evolutionary reasons are always trying to conserve calories. That is our brain's number one goal. So if something is too hard to understand and it takes too many calories to digest, then we walk away. We give up because we've got to run from the saber toothed tiger, right? Or we've got to figure out how to start a fire. So if it's too hard for us to understand right away, that doesn't mean that people won't read long copy. It doesn't mean that they won't read in-depth copy or really descriptive or people won't read boring copy and they won't read confusing copy. So just keep it clear. You can go to HemingwayApp.com and plug in your content, which this is a tip that I gave last time, I think, but it will show you um, at which level your writing is. Is it, you know, at a eighth grade level or is it at a third grade level? It will also highlight some sentences, which might be a little confusing or hard to understand. So again, just be clear and simple. You don't have to be clever. They just have to understand what you're saying. And I'm so glad you mentioned Hemingway app because that was what was going through my brain as you went through this Mm -hmm. hack. 
And just so everyone knows, Hemingway app, it's actually HemingwayApp.com. It's not yes. an actual app on your phone, which is so, yes, I don't know you. why they have it named a Hemingway app, but I'm it's sure like Hemingway has his own website. Probably. Right. Right. So, but yes, HemingwayApp.com. All you do is copy and paste your copy in there and it like grades it, which is so cool, highlights mm -hmm. everything that you can fix or omit or change. And I actually use that now for all of my blog posts and what a difference. It just simplifies it. I know what to fix, put it up on my blog post or on my website and it's done. So thank you for mentioning that app because it's actually one of my, or not the app, the desktop app. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. And before going to the next one, because that just kind of made me think of something. If these tips feel really overwhelming to you, or you're like, I'm never going to remember to incorporate all of these, these are all really important tips and they're ones that you can use for whatever you're writing. But also there are certain pieces of content where it might be more important. Like for example, writing a blog post that reads really clearly is going to be really, really important. Whereas your Instagram posts, because you have more volume of them, you know, it's not really evergreen content. You're not worrying about your SEO. It's not like it is building authority, but it just, it just, um, uh, it has a shorter lifespan, right? Like you don't have to plug every Instagram caption to Hemingway app, but when you're writing Instagram, you really do want to remember to write the way you talk, to break it up and to write to one reader, right? So those are like three easy, simple things. But if you're writing a sales page, for example, like a 2000 word sales page has to do some really heavy hitting converting, you're going to really want to focus on your message hierarchy and leading with what, what matters the most. And you're going to want to really spend some good time on your headline, right? So take all these and then use them where you need to and where they make sense. So that being said, number 10 is the most technical one, but I think it's going to be really, really helpful to you. So if you're feeling super overwhelmed, you don't have to use this one, but it also may not be one that you've heard before. So in copywriting, we do use formulas. There are some really smart, really brilliant people who have figured out the order that messaging can be written to um, most lead someone to a conversion, if that makes sense. So I'm going to give you one of my top most proven age old formulas that if you're like, how do I write sales copy? How do I, how do I lead someone to say yes, to click that call to action button? Start with this. So the formula is called PAS. I am going to get super arrogant and add a letter onto it. I don't even know who I think I am, but I'm going to tell you P-A-S-A. -A. So what that stands for is problem, agitation, solution, and action. So the P-A-S is, again, this is in every copywriter's tool belt. It's it's a go-to. There's a bunch of different formulas you can use, but this is a great go-to. So you start by stating the problem and you could use this in a three sentence paragraph, or you could use this in a 2000 word sales page, but you want to start by clearly stating their problem. Again, entering the conversation that they're having in their head. Let me think. Okay. So if you are a professional organizer, 
you're not going to, in this formula, you're not going to start with the solution of like, live your best organized life today. You're going to start with the problem. You're going to say, mm, homeschooling your kids. I'm trying to think of something really timely. Homeschooling your kids feels super chaotic and there's paper all over the house, right? Or you're going to start with something like, um, does your does your home now look like a paper factory blew up because you have to homeschool your kids or is your wall covered in markers and play-doh because now you're running a preschool full-time right <laughs> you're starting with the problem you're entering the conversation in their head they wake up every morning they're like cool another day of running a school and a business in my home awesome so excited to do this never signed up for this right and then you're going to agitate the problem so go a little bit deeper so what does this mean for them? How does it feel? So we're waking up every morning and we are running a homeschool. Well, what does this feel like? It feels chaotic and cluttered and overwhelming and frustrating. And how can we agitate it when you're trying to um, run a Zoom meeting and your kid is asking how to do common core math that you've never seen before because all of a sudden they changed math? Okay. So you're really agitating that problem. Again, that's a specific scene. So you're just diving deeper. You're making the pain really visceral. And so a lot of times I get some kickback here because clients are like, this looks so negative. We're talking so much about their problem. And it does. You have to let them know that you understand their problem and you have to make that pain really visceral. We're not creating problems. You're not telling someone who has all the self-confidence in the world that all of a sudden they have wrinkles that they need to fix, right? Like you are not being that gross person that creates a problem where someone didn't know they had one. You're letting them know that you see and understand their problem and you're making it really visceral so that if maybe today they just um, threw away all the papers so they're feeling calm, you're reminding them that if they don't have a system, this is going to continue to be a problem. So problem, state the problem. You can state it simply and clearly and specifically agitate that problem, go a little bit deeper. How does it feel? What does it look like? What is a day in the life of that problem? Again, that can be a couple sentences. It can be three paragraphs. Then you're going to go into the S, which is your solution. So this is where we get to be super positive. We told them we see their problem. We told them we know what it feels like. Now we're telling them how our offer specifically solves that problem. So I've said, how much fun is it now that you have to homeschool every day when you never thought you'd be a homeschooling mom? You wake up every day, there's paper clutter everywhere. You don't under, you even understand how math works anymore, even though you aced calculus in 1987. Well, I've got the solution for you because I, you know, I started with a home organizer and then I kind of changed it into like a tutor or something. But, but you know, now maybe you're saying, um, I get it. Your time needs to be spent loving on your kids, making sure that their mental health is in check right now, that they are taken care of, and that you're taken care of because this is a really stressful time. And the most important thing is that all of us come out of this safe and happy and healthy. So I offer tutoring solutions where your kid can watch as much screen time as they need to. You can run all of your Zoom meetings. You can have all of your work and just love on your kid. And in one hour a day, I'm going to make sure 
sure that they get the education that they need, and then you all can get back to just figuring out how to get through this time, right? That would be the copy I would write if I was a tutor right now, or if I could provide some homeschooling or some coaching. Um, I totally made up that person in my head, none of my <laughs> clients are that person, but that's how I would speak to it. I would start by saying, this is the problem. This is how much it frustrates you. And guess what? My solution is to let you off the hook and to tell you that you're a great mom and that all you need to do right now is focus on just getting through this time and I'm going to step in. I'm going to do what your kid needs in the one hour of our time together and then you're going to be done and you can just get back to getting through whatever daily life looks like right now in the middle of a pandemic. And then the last A is the action. Tell them what to do. So you've already given them a solution. They don't end at that solution. You, your call to action button should say, book your free session now. Don't, don't be vague. Don't be like, get in touch, contact me. No, what is the action? Hit the button below to sign up for your first free session so we can decide if this is the right thing for you and your family. And then the call to action button says, book my free session, book my free tutoring session. You can write it in the first, first person. You can say like, help me stay sane, right? Like help my kid, whatever you want it to do, but tell them where to go to get what it is that you offer. So problem agitation, solution, action. If you can write that, your copy will convert higher, I promise. Brittany, I cannot thank you enough for all your amazing copy hacks today. And yes, some of this may sound super overwhelming to our listeners, but like you said, just pick a few and apply it to the platforms that you're focusing on right now. It's not something that you need to do all 10 hacks, you know, in one sitting. So I'm going to make sure that all of your hacks are not only in the show notes, but they'll be in the blog post as well. But I want to make sure that the listeners connect with you because I just love all of the value and information and the freebies you put out there on social media and your website. So where can we connect with you? You're so sweet. And friends, I give away the goods. Like I don't know how to hold my cards too close to my chest. I don't like holding back. So the best place to learn from me, to keep hearing tricks and tips like this is going to be on my email list. And because those are the people I spoil, like you get the pre-sales, you get the deals and the specials and the free calls and the freebies and all of that first. And the most fun way to get on my email list is to take my quiz. And the reason I say that this is the most fun is because if you're looking for um, an example of brand voice and of specificity and writing to that rule of one and the what's in it for me and all of that, I think you're going to be able to see that through the different quiz questions. It's a lot of different way of seeing brand voice. Um, so my quiz is what is your marketing X factor so that you can figure out what is that like special sauce of amazingness that you have that other people see and are attracted to like flies to a light in the middle of summer. So, um, you can find that at brittanymcbean.com forward slash quiz. So take that quiz, study the brand voice and brand personality in there, hop on my email list, and that's where you're going to get the most spoiled. Thank you for tuning in today. If you love today's episode, then please head over to iTunes, social media for mompreneurs and leave a review. Your review helps grow the show. 
And don't forget, head to bossladyandsweatpants.com to grab all my freebies and hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.